Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Yo, this ain't parents out to lunch. No, this is parenting with the punch. Oh, this ain't parents out to lunch. No, this is parenting with the punch. Class is in session. Please be seated. Behaviors that get attention get repeated. Avoid the power struggle because it will get you heated. Listen to Amanda because she knows how to teach it. Yo, this ain't parents out to lunch. No, this is parenting with the punch. Oh, this ain't parents out to lunch. No, this is parenting with the punch. Yeah, yeah, oh, oh, oh. Parenting with a Punch show. I'm your host, Amanda Hool, founder of ParentingWithAPunch.com. I am so excited to bring to you here my fabulous guest, Amanda Brown-Testa, who is a sex specialist, and we are going to talk all things sex and her <laughs> experience and when she, you know, became a mommy. And uh, so let's give a warm welcome to Amanda. Hello. Hello, hello. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, thank you so much for joining. I'm so excited to have you here. To you here, oh. my fabulous guest, okay, Amanda that Montessa, goes. who is a... Give a oh, sorry about that. <laughs> it was the background noise from, from the cell phone coming on. So, so tell us, Amanda, all about your business and the work that you do in the world. Yes, happy to share. And I think I'll start because you mentioned, you know, telling a little bit about my story. And I think that kind of leads into why I started doing the work that I am doing in the world. Absolutely. Yes. So when my daughter was born, I was in, let's see, corporate sales forever, my whole career. And then when my daughter was born, I decided to stay home with her, which was a huge shock to most of my colleagues. But I actually was really it was an amazing decision, and I'm so glad that it worked out that I could do that. Um, but I noticed after she was born, you know, obviously there's so much joy and there's so much chaos and there's so much all of it. 
And it's really easy to kind of get your own personal self lost in the shuffle of caring for everyone else and caring for everyone else. And so I actually became a personal trainer and started teaching stroller strides. I'm not sure if they have that where you are, but it's basically one of the workouts that you might see the mamas in the park pushing the strollers and working yeah. out with your baby. <laughs> yep. So I started teaching stroller strides and it was such a wonderful community. And I realized too, through all so many women that I talked with, a lot of the challenges that a lot of us mommies were facing as new moms trying to, you know, keep this baby alive, tend to other kids. If you have multiple children, you know, tend to your responsibilities and also be a, a wife and if there's time for you in the mix. Um, and so, and I realized for myself, uh, when my daughter was around two, she moved out of the stroller. So I stopped teaching stroller strides and I realized I kind of had some time to just be with myself. And I remember waking up in the morning, just being like, you know, I'm pretty resentful most days. I have zero energy. And I, I honestly think like the novelty of putting everyone else's needs before my own kind of wore off. <laughs> Which sounds horrible. No, it but it but that's it's the truth and it's a lot of mom's stories and I think it's important that 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 it it's talked about more because I it's hard for a lot of moms to own that, I think. Yeah. And I think for a lot of women I've heard two stories that maybe your postpartum I don't know, not necessarily depression that I went through, but like having yeah. more of that down happened a little bit later, like when she was around two. And right. so and just feeling you know, that's kind of when that constant caregiving is, is coming to, to a little bit of a halt. You know, you're still, you're not quite as engaged with that. So you get, you're getting a little sense of, okay, wait, now I have a little bit more separation. I have a little bit more individuality again. Right. And it's kind of bringing you to that point of, well, well who am I now? Mm-hmm. Like, I was like this intense mommy and now who am I? Right. Right. Yeah. No. And I, and I'm, I think too, with postpartum, a lot of probably, you know, individuals think that it happens like right after the baby's born or within the first few months, which I think is a lot of the story for many, but I think just even having like some sort of signs, maybe not necessarily the exact depression, but it's forms of depression, right? Yeah. And so I did, and I noticed I was very low energy. I was resentful. I was exhausted. I mean, I hadn't slept. My daughter didn't sleep the night until she was about 24 months old. Mm-hmm. So it was rough. And, yeah. and I just found too, I was so disconnected from myself as a woman. I was so disconnected from my body. I mean, I, and my husband and I, we've always had a great relationship, but that too was also suffering because I was giving so much to my daughter and that he was like getting the scraps at the end of the day. And, right. you know, a lot of times when you're in that exhaustion phase, the last thing you want at the end of the day is anyone to touch you because you're all touched out as a mom. And so I, I just came upon this a practice that I that I took on for myself till I kind of reconnect with my body and reconnect to myself, and it was really life changing for me. I it transformed my life in so many ways that I was like, all right, now I've got to start teaching this to other women, and it was all around healing my sexuality and like reconnecting to that part of me. And so right. since that point, for four years now, I've been studying um, with the many different teachers and I became a certified sex, love and relationship coach among other things. And so I really just feel that as mothers, we are so taught that you can't be a mother and be sexual. Like you have to do one or the other, which is not true at all. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. So that's why I'm like proudly preaching like, yay, mom's yes. got an amazing son. Please, please do. Yes. <laughs> because I, you know, and unfortunately I hear it often with, you know, parents that, you know, they'll say to me, oh, well, I have two little ones at home. Like when am I ever, you know, or I have one little one at home or maybe sometimes it's three. When am I ever going to find time to have sex? And it's like, oh, like, you have to, you really have to prioritize your relationship. It's, it, it's not cause it's will catch up to you at some point. So I think it's just so important for, you know, moms to, to hear this and, and, and tune in and, and to hear that, like, there's also plenty of women, other women out there that are going through this and there's ways to come back, right. And to like yes. get your sexuality again and sort of, you know, love your body, you know, I'm sure is probably has a lot to do with it. Yeah. And that's a big transition too. You know, your body changes right. so much. Mm-hmm. Mother, So it's like, hmm, what's going on here? <laughs> I'm just going to embrace it and love it as it is. Right. Um, part of that, there's something that happens when you truly connect and learn to really embrace who you are as a woman and your sexuality and like owning that power that it just, you have this more innate sense of worthiness and this more innate sense of like love for your body. And just for who you are, which makes right. you so much more of a better mom because you come from this place of more patience and more presence. Yeah. 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 So having obviously being able to like own your sexuality and having the sex allows you to be more present for your children. Yeah. So what did that, I mean, when you were going through that, that process and, and as far as your relationship, like how, I mean, how, how are you able to sort of like get back into that, that place and, and, you know, be able to nurture your relationship again? And like, what, how did that play into your marriage? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think I am lucky because my husband and I have a really great relationship. We've always been able to talk and Mm -hmm. communicate openly. And I remember when we first started dating, he mentioned something one time about you know, not wanting, he didn't want there to be any cracks in our foundation so that we, when we had issues, like to talk about them right away. Mm -hmm. I know I'm very lucky in that. And uh, so he was very understanding and we still connected, but I realized, and I think this is true for many women in in our culture because the media kind of teaches us and our, our culture has taught us that women are to please others, right? Mm-hmm. And even around our sexuality, it's for someone else. Like you're supposed right. to be the virgin. And then when you get married, then you're supposed to be the sex goddess, which no one's ever taught. <laughs> At least that's, that's my story. That's right. I would be in the South. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. uh, and I appreciate so much about that. But at the same time, I realize, okay, well, first of all, you need to learn what it is that you yourself even desire before you bring your partner into the equation. Like, what do you like? What feels good? You know, what do you even right. desire? And like mm-hmm. learning that for yourself and realizing part of the process and the work that I did with myself was realizing when I first signed up with my teacher, I was like, oh, maybe this will just be something to spice something up in the bedroom. And right. then really so much deeper than that, because I had always thought my sexuality was for someone else and realizing mm-hmm. it's, it's for me and like learning to cultivate that energy for myself first and learning what do I even like? What turns me on? What feels good? And then when I know that coming from that place, then can sharing that with your partner. Like, okay, here's what I like. Here's what I don't. Here's how we can come together more often and both enjoy it. Um, But I think a lot of it comes from, you know, first taking that step to figure out 
for you. What, what do you like? What do you desire? And even just in general, not mm-hmm. even actually, but just in general, because that is something that a lot of moms disconnect from. Yeah, no, I agree. And you, and you mentioned the communication, which I know, you know, I work with a lot of families on this as well. The communication is so huge. Would you agree? And you, you were blessed to be able to, you know, you and your husband had that. And and I, I'm sure it's been huge for you guys because you've had that communication. So maybe, you know, maybe you didn't struggle as much. I mean, you still went through your struggles, of course, but having that open communication, I'm sure really helped. Yeah. I mean, and we obviously still had our moments. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I, like many parents I talk to, many women like have mentioned that they never got into an argument with their spouse until they had kids or their partner, right? Never mm. had any arguments until the parenting came along. Right. <laughs> It's heavy to just know you've got these lives on, you know, to be responsible for all the time. There's never a break, you know? Yeah, no, I I would agree. So as far as I think you mentioned as well, too, that you worked with or you I think you still are. You worked with a parenting coach yourself. Yes. Can you tell us a little bit about that experience and like when you started working with somebody and how it helped Yes. When you went through this whole process of sexuality and all these new. <laughs> yeah. And I honestly have to say, I, that was a hard lesson to learn, to, re, to ask for help and to yeah. receive help. But I will, I mean, cause I can even remember, I'll tell when I, when my daughter was first born, you know, you're not supposed to drive for a little bit there mm-hmm. and you're sleep deprived and you know, you have all this bleeding happening and. I remember like there was a moment I could have reached out for help and I did. And I was too proud to reach out for help. But I learned through that it was not healthy for me at all. And I am so much better at asking for help. So when I started having challenges, I think it started first with sleep, right? Mm-hmm. Is, is getting support around sleep. So I started right. with a parenting coach. My daughter was very young and, you know, she was so helpful with, you know, nursing support and yeah. helping with, you know, understanding what's realistic around sleep, because that's right. thing. you go into this, you know, you, you think you know things, but you really know nothing until you're in the experience. <laughs> and it was just, just so helpful to learn from an expert of how you, you can deal with these things. And it doesn't have to be a struggle and you don't have to have constant arguments with your kids. And I remember we did a, a, one of the classes with our parenting coach. I think it was called discipline with yes, something like that. Mm-hmm. which is really teaching you how it's, it's not about, you know, I think when we were coming along, it was a lot of spare the rod and spoil the child type of discipline. Right. And now yes. that's been <laughs> like, that is not very effective. It mm-hmm. can lead to all kinds of problems later in life. And so yes. it is a struggle to try to reprogram yourself to parent from a place of influence and example. Right. Like threats and, yeah, spankings. Yeah, right. And, and punishments and, and, yeah. and reprimands. But I love how you said like reprogram because it really is a lot of mindset work because I mean, think about it. You're breaking, you know, old cycles of gen- passed down from generation to generation of old school parenting, you know, how we were parented, how our parents were parented. So it's, it's normal that to sort of go to like your, that that's your go-to, right? And until you actually 
you know, realize that there's other ways out there to parent and comprehend that like you can actually, you know, be a parent and be happy and, and have plenty of calm moments and that there doesn't always have to be a struggle, at least, you know, through my experience is like so eye opening for these parents. For sure. I just realized I need to grab my plug. Oh, you're um, fine. Yes, but I agree. I think it's, and and it goes a lot, like, I feel like there are a lot of similarities, I feel like, in how you approach your sexuality and parenting, because when you are, how you do anything is how you do everything, I feel like, in a way. It's Mm -hmm. a huge part of who we are as a human being. Right. Sexuality is a huge part of who who we are as a human being. And Mm -hmm. as a mom, if you're not nourishing that part of yourself and in your relationship, you're suffering. And your partnership is suffering and your kids probably see that, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's like the rewiring to change this mindset of, right. It's like parenting differently than we were parented or even having relationships different than we maybe saw coming along. But, um, because at the end of the day, honestly, when you aren't connecting, at least in my experience, that's when, you know, you're more likely going to, you know, scream at your kid for doing something when you're really not upset at your kid, you're upset because your partner did something to upset you, you know? Right. Yeah. There's a, it's not necessarily about the child and, and them basically being a kid and sort of like exploring their world, but you get frustrated because you don't, you're not, you know, manipulating tools that you could be using to, to help you, <laughs> to help create more calm in the chaos. Yes. So with, I'd love to hear more too about, um, you know, when you started this process and and getting your certification as a sex coach, um, you know, some of the things that you learned that really helped, um, you know, in your marriage and helped like make you or bring you to be more present, especially for our viewers watching, because I'm sure that they would love to hear some tips. (laughs) I mean, and I think honestly, one of the things that's surprising was so surprising to me was creating some kind of sensual self-care practice just for you, Mm. which I know may seem kind of crazy because you're like, well, I have no time. How am I going to make that happen? But learning (laughs) stuff you're already doing and incorporating more intentionality to it. So when you take a shower, like can you lovingly clean your body and like actually like what feels good on your skin and like touch yourself with love and send that to your body while you're bathing? You know, what can you, and really honestly, tapping into your sensuality is really just about dropping into, into your senses. Mm -hmm. It's going to serve you so much when you are, you know, sexually with your partner or or even just enjoying being present with your family. Right. I mean, because when you can tap into sensations all around you, that Mm -hmm. is how you are present, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe even if it's just you're playing in the backyard, you can like hear your kids laughing and like. Feel their hugs on your skin and the sun on your skin and just like really take in those moments. Right. It's serving you so much as a parent being so present and mm-hmm. having those intimate moments with your partner just being so present and dropping into your body and learning how to like turn off all the, oh, I got to do this. Oh, I got to do laundry. Oh, I need to pick up the cat from the vet. You know, it's like, right. let's just get into our body. What are we feeling in this moment? Oh, uh, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, being present and sort of, being able to like own how you feel is, is really, really important. Mm -hmm. And being able to tap into that, I think is so powerful. 
and you know, you said before too, is it, children are watching. So when they, you know, when they can, and they feed off of our energy, right. Especially at a young age. So when we're in that presence of like happiness and sensuality and, you know, we're, we're actually having sex with our partner and, you know, putting our relationship first, it can, Oh, it is such a, a game changer. It really, really is. Yeah. And I mean, and with that sensual self-care practice, like you are learning to give that to yourself so you can more give it to others. Right. Often as mothers, we give so much to everyone else. Mm -hmm. Like taking that time to just give to yourself, even if it's for two minutes. Right. And I, so I always like highly recommend creating some kind of sensual self-care practice for yourself to, to get you to have those moments to just turn off your brain and just t- tap into what's happening in your body. Like what feels good? How can right. you, you know, just pay attention to what you're noticing in your body? Yeah, no, I think especially because I preach the the self care, but I love this piece of it because I think it really can help a lot of couples sort of get back into, you know, being sexual again with each other and kind of like finding their, their passion once again. Um, because I, I, you just, our divorce rate is so high and our children are, it's just, it, it breaks my heart. And I know that a lot of it boils down to the communication. So if we have more women and even men too, right, I guess, you know, that can really tap into that sexuality. Oh, and it's, it's just such a huge game changer. Mm -hmm. And when you come from that place of feeling filled up on your own, then mm-hmm. it's so much easier to offer that to your partner and your kids. Right. And, you know, another thing that I did with this was I started working with the Jade Egg, which I think we talked about before. Oh, yes. I'd love to hear some more about that. And it's, you know, it's basically, it's, a, it's an egg that's made of jade and you, you do exercises with it. You put it in your vagina and you do exercises. So it's okay. definitely, it's really great at strengthening the pelvic floor. And as mothers, many of us struggle with, you know, incontinence and things after birth. Yep. And while mm-hmm. this is giving medical advice, it's just for me and for so many women, it is so helpful and like rehabbing the pelvic floor and like increasing that sensate focus and healing trauma that can happen a lot in birth. You know, mm-hmm. there's so much attached in the birthing process that can be amazing. But there's also some things that can really kind of cause shutdown and pain and numbness. And so that you don't want to have sex because it's not enjoyable and it can hurt. So you know, sometimes you do need medical intervention to, to help with that. But just knowing that you don't, it's not normal to have painful sex. So if you have a problem, then seek um, help. Because a lot of times after kids, that's so many women tell me that, like, maybe it hurts or maybe things that used to feel pleasurable aren't anymore. Right, right. Now, so through this practice, um, you know, aside from obviously the medical piece, you know, have you found that there are ways to make it more pleasurable? Like, uh, because one of the things you're really starting to focus on that's connection with yourself, which most women spend zero time thinking about unless they're going to the gyno. So right. it's like it's totally changing that mindset of how you view your sexuality. And it's really putting it on kind of a, a pedestal. This is something to be honored. Mm-hmm. This part of me is amazing. It created a human. Right. right? And and also because you are able to really increase the sensate focus and kind of it, it can help to have more sensation. So you enjoy sex more. And that Absolutely. is huge because then when you are with your partner, you both benefit because you're feeling good and mm-hmm. they are usually 
in a place where they're going to be supportive. Because I think a lot of times people are like, oh, I never have time or my husband won't be supportive. But I actually disagree. Because like anything you mentioned before, you have to make your relationship our priority. And knowing that this is something that you're doing, you're doing it for yourself, but obviously it's going to benefit your relationship. Because, you know, so many husbands or partners miss out because the as a mom, you're constantly getting that touch. You're constantly getting that, those oxytocin hormones and they don't get that like we do. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it's making that a priority. And when you give to yourself, then you're going to have more to give to them. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I love that you said that because it is true. Cause, and you do hear it from so many moms, like they're, they're sick and tired of being touched all day. So then of course, who gets who gets the, uh, <laughs> the shit end is the, is the partner, which is awful, but, but it, but that's the reality of it. Yeah. That's the reality of it until you actually start making it a priority and tapping into what works for you and, and, and opening up that, that communication. Mm-hmm. So what would you say is, you know, the, the biggest tip that, or suggestion or advice that you could give for, you know, mamas out there that are sort of in this space of kind of like getting into their own sexuality and sort of making it a priority again, or having that conversation with their partner. Yeah. I think the number one thing is just really tapping into why it's important to you. Because Mm -hmm. once you have a clear understanding of why it's important, it's so much easier to discuss that with your partner and it's affecting you. It's affecting them Mm -hmm. and coming at it from a place of, you know, is just being gentle with yourselves in the process because sometimes there's so much tied into this when you're not connecting. And sometimes maybe it's been a while. And so you're, you know, just trying to reestablish that intimacy. If it's been gone for a while is really intimidating. Right. Just creating, I like to say like create some kind of safe container or some time where on a regular basis, you just connect with your partner. Like just maybe it's a date night. Maybe it's even just on Saturday mornings, you let the kids watch the iPad for an hour and you just talk, but just a regular time to connect and, you know, share what's coming up, you know, what's going well, what, what do you really, what are your desires? What things are hard and what can you do to support each other? And granted those conversations can seem challenging but the more you just I would say number one just start with can we talk about this it's something that we you know I want to make our relationship a priority and I know it's so important to us so we can you know show our kids how we want them to be Mm -hmm. we want them to be in a relationship when they're when they're older because what they see is what they're going to model thank you yes so if you guys are always bickering and fighting or you know that's what they're going to think is normal. Or if you're never, you know, you know, loving towards one another, I always say it's a great for kids to see you give each other a hug and a kiss so they can Mm -hmm. say, okay. And also when you have an argument, let them see you make up in front of them. Right. You know, that's also normal. Like having emotions and being angry and being upset, that's normal. It's like just embrace those emotions and have them, but then also showing that everything can be resolved. Like you have to resolve it in the end. right? Right. Yeah. And like, that's important too. Yeah. And being able to communicate like in front of your children, you know, with your significant other and saying like, you know, mommy and daddy got into a fight, you know, we're not, 
you know, proud of it, of maybe how we handled it, but, you know, we still love each other. And, and yeah, like you said, like demonstrate that, that love and infection in front of them. So the children are hearing this and they're not, because a lot of times they do internalize, like they get, they get scared. It's not to say that, you know, they necessarily think that something bad could happen, but they do But it's, it's, it's a natural way of being and they're learning the world. So, you know, being exposed to that can, can seriously, you know, internalize. It can, yes. So, uh, we have um, we have a few watch uh, viewers here. So I'm gonna, um, if you ladies have any questions, please feel free to ask here. So we'll just keep it open for a minute or two, just to see if. Um, any of them would like to ask us any questions or you questions rather. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, very, very good point. Um, we have somebody that's watching that said, Oh, can you see it? Yes. Yep. So hi woman, just a reminder that all, all families are mommy and daddy. Some families have sa- same gender parenting. Absolutely. Yep. Of course. Yes. Thank you for, for pointing that out. Yes. <laughs> yes, yeah, so, and I think you know, no matter what happens with regards to you and your partner, that it's just you know creating that space on a regular basis to to talk about it, and yeah. and it's even if you want to have if it like leads to intimacy, great. If it doesn't, great. But just creating these regular times where you can get together and just be together, and right. know that. All right, during this time, we're not going to argue about things. We're just going to allow each other to talk. Right. And we're not going to interrupt or argue. Yep. Because I think the, it might be hard at first, but the more you do that on a regular basis and you can learn to trust that the other person is going to be able to listen to you. Right. The better. Because yep. it takes time to build that trust. It does take time. And, you know, and the truth is it doesn't matter whether or not it's a same sex marriage or if it's a male and female, or if it's two males, the communication is still the same regardless. We're, we're still all individuals and human and the same principles apply regardless. Um, you know, of course, you know, for some, they, they may not have the, the same, um, experiences with, you know, bearing children, of course, but the communication and the relationships and, you know, like you just mentioned about the, the yelling and the fighting, um, is, is all, it's all the same. (laughs) Children are children. They do not bear any prejudice whatsoever. And when they are exposed to, you know, what they're exposed to, they're going to emulate that. And that's just, and Barry says exactly. <laughs> Sorry, my computer is like dark here. Where are we at? Okay. Thank you, Barry. Okay. <laughs> um, so you also, you also wanted to share as well some, uh, a way for anyone that's watching to gain some resources. Could you share that info for our viewers? Yes, of course. And because one of the things I think it's important is like you want to have these conversations and you want to find ways to connect, but you might not know how. And so I always think it's really helpful when you can say, hey, I just listened to this interview and they had this idea. Would you what do you think about that? And like just have an open ended question. Can we do this? Not a yes and no, but just like, what do you think about that? And get their thoughts. Yeah, I think that's kind of an easy way to 
to lead into these trying something new? Or I just read this in a magazine article. What do you think about that? So you yes. can say, hey, I say this. And you can go to my website. It's www.amandatesta.com, T as in tango, slash intimacy. And there I share some really easy techniques that you can use to have these conversations and to connect with your So the first one that is there, it's called, it's basically just kind of a a way for you to set a conversation where you take turns sharing. Mm -hmm. And then also there is just an intimacy connection where you're just connecting, like looking in each other's eyes, breathing together, hands on your hearts, like just even for, even some of these things you just do for one minute. Mm -hmm. It's amazing how just connecting, touching your partner just for one minute can change everything. Yeah, well, what do they say um, with hugging? I forget what the the number was. I don't know if it was 30 seconds or a minute. Yeah, of like, you know, holding, embracing a hug for a certain amount of time. And it literally releases those endorphins and those serotonins and gives you that like happy, exciting feeling. Yeah. We actually learned that. My husband and I learned that somewhere along the line. I can't remember exactly where. But we do have this standing agreement where if one of us initiates the hu- a hug, the mm-hmm. other person has to reciprocate. Even when mm-hmm. you I think a lot of times when you're in an argument or having t- issues, it's like breaking that p- pattern, interrupting the, the, the pattern. And so like reaching out and just hugging and just that just kind of reminds you like, wait, we're on the same team and just feeling that in your body, like that your partner is there for you. Right. It's so healing for your nervous system. I agree. And they actually say that as well um, in parenting with your children. You know, if your child is having, you know, a meltdown or a tantrum um, and they're really upset. And of course, given the situation, obviously, you know, depending on. But yeah, they say that the affection really, truly helps. And it, it gets them back into that, like, acceptance feeling. And kind of just like breaks breaks up the, <laughs> you know, the the feeling scared or upset or you know unhappy. Mm-hmm. It's so true. So many it things. I, yeah, so many of the things that I teach my couples in relationships. You know, when we're meeting together with clients, is the same thing I'll employ with my daughter. It's amazing. Yeah. You know, like just hugging them and telling them you're safe and I accept mm-hmm. you just as you are. Like doing that to your partner, huge. Doing that to your kid, huge. Yes, it, it truly, truly is. And, you know, you had mentioned, too, I've had quite a few um, parents share with their partner, um, you know, episodes that they've listened to or they'll send a text message. And, you know, it's kind of just like a subtle way of just saying, hey, I listened to this and I learned some some great tips. I think it would be great you know, for you to, to listen in too. And then they can listen on their own time. Right. And then that sort of breaks up that uncomfortable initial conversation. I've seen that work a lot for, um, quite a few parents that have been able to sort of, you know, approach it that way. And it's been helpful. So that's a thought too. It's true. And just being able to share the link. (laughs) Just want to make sure no more questions coming through. It was seriously such a pleasure having you on. Thank you so much for, for joining me and for giving our viewers such important information on 
parenting and sexuality. And it's just, it's just, it's, it's wonderful. I I love having these conversations. (laughs) Anything that can help even if it's just one couple is, is, is a okay in my book. (laughs) Thank you so much for inviting me and for, and I'm this whole series that you're doing, because I think it's so powerful because I do, you know, I feel so, so strongly that we really need to kind of break that taboo around motherhood and sexuality. Like they can both. I agree. So thank you. And couples need to have great sex. Yes, they do. You have to put your relationship first before your children. <laughs> so if you learn anything from today's show, <laughs> take, take little, yes, <laughs> take what you want from it. But yes, put, putting your relationship before your children is really important. So thank you again for coming on. It was such a pleasure and I look forward to maybe even collaborating in the future. Thank you. Thanks everybody. Well, that was our fabulous show today with Amanda Testa on our sex series. I'm so excited to bring you a few more episodes. So remember, your relationship comes first. This is exactly why you should probably join in on my Costa Rica's couple retreat happening November 1st through the 7th. Get information on my website, parentingwithapunch.com, and you will see the link. I will be sharing some exciting news regarding that as well. So as always, keep asking for more. You deserve it. Thank you. Bye, everyone. Yo, this ain't parents out to lunch. No, this is parenting with the punch. Oh, this ain't parents out to lunch. No, this is parenting with the punch. Class is in session. Please be seated. Behaviors that get attention get repeated. Avoid the power struggle because it will get you heated. Listen to Amanda because she knows how to teach it. Yo, this ain't parents out to lunch. No, this is parenting with the punch. Oh, this ain't parents out to lunch. No, this is parenting with the punch. Yeah.